Dad, get a hold of yourself. Please, let me handle this. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Calm down. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Don't do you want another phone? Everything's going to be all right. Please. Sister, please. Now handle this. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, May 7th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. It's uh, The plan is to make this a, an hour show, give or take a little bit. That's the plan, so just heads up for everybody who are used to longer shows that opening clip there, obviously, you could have added Roe versus Wade and a few other things that we've seen work that way, even if they are legitimate topics. So, you know, if you if you feel that way, not to suggest they are or aren't. Simple point is that any of these topics being used, you could just add on that and, and add on to that clip and realize that it's exactly what's happening. So today, there's going to be a couple of important focuses. First of all, I wanted to say, uh, unfortunately, we're not on Super U. So I apologize for those that were looking forward to Super U today. Uh, there's an issue going on with the chat. I don't believe it's nefarious. I think there's something glitch happening. Uh, something Things are being censored in our chat right now on Super U. And where even my own comments, I tried it and it says blocked by the host. And that's me. <laughs> so I just, for, to, to make sure there's not some weirdness going on, I'm just going to pause on that today. I let them know what's happening. They're looking into it. So no worries. Hopefully you guys can check this in the meantime on Odyssey, Rockfin, everywhere else. And this will be posted on Super U and so on. Just make sure we get that nailed down. I want to make sure that there's no confusion. It looks like I'm doing that. You know, you know, you know where I'm coming from. So uh, on that note, though, we're going to be jumping into a couple of important topics today. In really, and, and on that, the reason I said that is another Super U creator, uh, Kian, uh, rather, uh, oh, suddenly I'm blanking on the name of his group. Oh, the Counter Signal uh, has a, vi- a, 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 a post as well as a, a post on, well, a post on both on Super U and on their own website discussing some things that are happening in Canada in regard to the pandemic of the injected, which we've talked about quite a lot. And it pretty much aligns with everything we've been talking about, but from another location, which is important. So on that that discussion, I opened that up and was looking into more locations around there. And he's actually talking specifically around generally in Canada and all vaccinated people between a very specific week in April. But after reading his article, I was digging into further areas around the areas of Canada, specifically British Columbia, which is just one territory in Canada, and found some other interesting things. Then I, then I found other things that people had sent me that correlated with this. So as always, thank you so much for everybody in the chat and everybody out there in this community that continue to carry on James Corbett's idea of this open source investigation concept, which is absolutely working today. The point is that in British Columbia, it will blow your mind to see, well, maybe it won't, but it will shock you to see that they're pretending it's not what it looks like, that every single category, cases, hospitalizations, and then just critical care hospitalizations, and then deaths are all predominantly in the vaccine, injected. But just the three doses in every category is over 50% of every problem. But we don't know what we're talking about because we're confused and it totally looks like it's safe and effective. That's what they want you to think. I don't even understand how anybody can look at this and go, that means safe and effective. I mean, you'll see it in a second. We're going to start with it. It's it's really incredible. We're also going to talk about the apparently AP fact check saying that we've misrepresented outdated UK data that literally right now today says the same thing. I don't even know if their fact checks are to lie to you or that they really think they know what they talk. I don't even know anymore, but we're going to show you that they're lying wrong or too dumb to see either way. Of course, then we're going to make a quick point about Johnson and Johnson. I thought was really interesting, but then we're going to talk about some Ukraine stuff. Now that might get pushed off till tomorrow. We'll see how the timing goes. If I can get this through quickly, but there's an interesting discussion. I'll shout out just now. If I don't get to it that I wanted to say anyway, about a 2014 NBC or um, excuse me, ABC news article, Uh, excuse me. It was NBC, NBC news article (laughs) that they're talking about. Look at these soldiers in Ukraine and the Nazi symbols on their helmets. And this was during the U S controlled time of it. And Garland Nixon posts this on Facebook and gets censored for 30 days. (laughs) They, I think they're eating themselves alive right now. As we've been saying, they broke themselves to censor us. And even their algorithms are, it's 
it's pretty embarrassing. It shows you that we're right. Right to question is my point. Now, there's other information about what the Ukrainian soldiers are telling you, and that I will get to for sure. And some other things we might get to at the end, including the World Economic Forum. So to start off really quickly, I wanted to give a shout out to a great discussion I had yesterday with Rebunked, who, as you guys know, and I'm, I'm planning on doing an interview with him. Um, well, I was going to say tomorrow, but I'm realizing now that's Mother's Day. But in next couple of days, we're going to do an interview to go over just his new show and what he's doing and, and, the, and the new dynamic we're working with here, where I'm kind of turning this into at least kind of so far into like an incubator kind of idea and finding people out there that are you know, doing great work that just don't have the resources, that don't have the access to things that we might have in larger settings and give them a leg up because we're all fighting for our lives right now. Even the small people out there are getting censored and have no voice to, to speak out with and say, hey, look at what's happening because Twitter verse doesn't, you know, it's, it's important that we stick together. So I just, and on that, on top of that, I respect his work. I think he's doing a great job. So we had a great discussion and uh, it was the, kind of the first, actually second time we've done this in the studio. We're still kind of piecing this together to get this working because I'm not incredibly technologically minded when it comes to this level of stuff. So we got to get this worked out. A couple of my different differentiation things here and there, but it was a great discussion and really enjoyed the conversation and the back and forth around what's going on in Ukraine and so on. And I got to show off my shirt there. My immune system works. Somebody sent that to me. Thank you for who did. Any case, great show. Make sure you check it out. Rebunked, of course, is the great idea that, you know, we've had so many of these things, the so-called debunked, you know, this his whole life has been debunked because mainstream said, and then, a, you know, a week later, a year later, it comes out. Oh yeah, it was actually true. <laughs> and then they don't talk about it. That's what we're calling rebunked. I like that. Or he's calling rebunked. And I like that. Now going forward to begin a couple quick points on censorship. Thanks, Elon. We're having this fun conversation back and forth where right now everything that happens on Twitter is because Elon, even though that is possible and ridiculous and, and short-sighted, but it's how it's working. But the, the interesting thing is that when it was all positive, it was like all the Republicans saying, everything's different now and nobody's being censored and everything's working and I've got more followers and all my, you know, it, I don't whether it was true or they were imagining it, I don't even know. But then we have things like this that are happening. And I'm already, just like I said, I'm already getting people that are going, well, that's probably not Elon. That's probably anybody else we can point at. It's like, okay, well, why wouldn't you consider the good things for them? Because it's subjective. It's all subjective. That's the way the world works today. But Sam Hussein, he's pointing out, thanks, Elon, Dr. Meryl Nass. That's right. We just talked about her. She was apparently just suspended from Twitter in Elon's reign. Look at that, guys. I can't, now hear me. I'm being facetious when I say that, just so you know. I don't know what's causing this or who's doing it, but Elon is in, in, the, in, a, in the works. He's got his fingers in the pie now, so I wonder whether this will stop or what's happening. I have a point on that. I'll show you right now. But yes, her account was suspended. I don't know if it looks see if it's come back since then. Nope. I mean, this is still happening, guys. Where are all the conservatives on the discussion in that regard, right? Let's recognize this is a government censorship concept. It's not left or right, right? Let's get past the childish mentality of the left-right paradigm and realize that your government in all angles, not everybody all the time, there may be good people fighting for things and whatever, but the government, left and right, is always trying to Suppress, control, step on you. Now, on that note, I wanted to make an interesting point here. I don't know what's going on with my account. Because my account right now, let me just grab one of these pages I can just show you, definitely is still there. Still there. And I can still function. I, I just put this up today before I went live, right? But here's what I see on a... Incognito page, still right now. Actually, I'll show you really quickly. Let's stop the screen share. I have to go to the incognito window here, and I'll show you what it looks like. Um, here we go. Okay, so here's the page on the incognito window. Now watch what happens when I refresh it. Look what it says at the bottom. It still says this. Your account is suspended and is not permitted to perform this action. So if I try to do anything here or even log in, it won't work. So what does that mean? Who's doing this? What's happening? Right? Why is it seemingly in this limbo state where it's because it wasn't like this before Elon's reign? So something happened afterward where I was censored. We showed you the thing yesterday, but then they brought the account back, but definitely did censor my tweet. So whether that was Elon's reign or whatever we're talking about, after Elon took control, that did happen, and my tweet was censored. So that's still censorship. But what's interesting is that that what you just saw is what it only shows on an incognito window. But when I go lot normal, it Seems to say it's okay. So something's going on. But don't forget, as I showed you just yesterday as well, that that German thing, German law, they tried to have my thing taken down and Twitter seemingly defended it. So I, I still really don't know 
what this means or where we're truly at, but it's not all encompassing that they would want you to think. There is still censorship happening, guys, and that means it's not okay. That's We can't be like, well, it's only now the left getting censored, so we're going to pretend to be okay with it. That's ridiculous. Just as ridiculous as the right, as the left doing that about the right. I mean, we got to be bigger than this, guys. Be better. Now, here's a tweet that was also censored, or I don't want to jump the gun. It could be that he chose to delete it. I just don't know why that would happen. Certainly possible, but it's no longer there. But here it is in the way back machine. I reached out to him to ask him because this is a person that seemingly supports the same ideas. And he's saying, he, sh- he shouted me out to look at this, right? This is important. This is what we're going to talk about next. He was the one I was referencing about giving me the insight to this, which correlated with the counter signals discussion, but it's, it's gone now. I would believe that this is the same thing. Twitter locks them and says, you only get your account back when you get rid of that tweet. Now, why would that be the case when it's simply just a link in an image? I don't know. It could be that he deleted it. Hear me say that. Nonetheless, let's get into that first. After these last points, we're going to start with the the British Columbia discussion. But just on the general point, Alfred Isaias, former UN independent expert on the prohibition, uh, the promotion, excuse me, of a democratic and equitable international order, which of course should, you know, that discussion, the democratic and equitable international order, that's alarming. Just the way that that's that. That means great reset to me. That means all, but that's, he's a former, first of all, independent expert on that stuff. But nonetheless, during his, during his time there and afterward has been a champion of the discussions of what we've talked about. He has stood up for the people being censored, attacked, and it's interesting to see. Now, it doesn't mean just because that's the case that you should disregard or believe, as always, be an adult and be subjective and question and be discerning. But what he says here is valuable no matter what, who is saying it. But because he comes from a U.N. perspective, it makes it even more obvious because he knows who these people are. He says the West is not at war with disinformation, which is what they're all screaming. It's at war with dissent. He knows that. People like Nils Melsner knows that, right? A rapporteur on torture or former who's discussing Assange and has been screaming about what they're doing to him and they didn't even care to respond, which they're obligated to because they're rampantly lawless. They don't care and nobody holds them accountable. You know, these people see this stuff. And usually it's an illusion that's broken when they find themselves in a position to be the one going, hey, we need your response. You're obligated to respond. And they just brush it off like nobody cares. And they turn to the next guy and go, why, why aren't we holding them accountable? And they get brushed off too. And then Nils, Nils Melsner and people like Alfred Desaias walk away going, this is broken. These people don't care. And now we're doing this. That's what I think. Either way, he's telling you they're not at a war with disinformation, Russian disinformation or vaccine disinformation. They're at a war with people that don't care that their narrative is all they want you to say. They're at war with people that are willing to challenge what they're telling you. That's the important part to walk away with you guys. We're being screwed. Now, Angie points something out I think is really important because right now, the, and as, as I mean, historically, the U.S. government has always marched, stomped around the world, acting like they're fighting for freedom and saving lives and spreading democracy. Actually, funny enough, somebody just made a great point in my comments about, isn't it interesting that over the last so many decades, they've superimposed the word democracy, where it should say freedom, where they act like we're defending our, we're defending democracy around the world when it used to be we're defending freedom, we're fighting for freedom. No, now we're fighting for democracy. That means something, guys. First of all, because democracy doesn't even remotely mean freedom, but that's different. we can get into that different day. Imagine thinking the country that runs an illegal torture camp, the U.S. government, 100% factual, proven, discussed, cares about human rights. Imagine thinking a country that runs illegal torture camps and still does, cares about human rights anywhere else. Ha ha ha. That's ridiculous. This is the childish nature of the two-party paradigm. People that know that somewhere, but only apply it when it's the side they don't like to talk about or the side they want to attack, I should say right? It's only the Democrats that carry out torture. Like that's such a childish, naive discussion or point to take because you know, that's not true. It's verifiably not true, but think about how ridiculous it is to pretend like they care about human rights in any other context. At the very least, you can argue that they don't care enough that they would break the rules themselves. So it's not meaningful, but here's just Wikipedia. Wikipedia, the entirely controlled platform that even that it's, that's not what you should be referencing to make your point but that's why it makes sense in this context because this is the cultivated this is the cultivated narrative. Here's what it says. Torture in the United States includes documented and alleged cases of torture both inside and outside the United States. That's important. By members of the government, the military, law enforcement, intelligence agencies, healthcare services and other public organizations. Torture is illegal in the United States. The United States came under scrutiny for controversial practices both from within and out following the Military Commissions Act in 2006. 
After the U.S. dismissed the U.N. concerns about the documentable torture that they were conducting, one U.K. judge observed America's idea of what is torture does not appear to coincide with the most of civilized nations. Yeah, wake up, guys, because they are hiding behind their their illusion, their veneer of freedom and democracy and legitimacy, where even their own people are aware and probably why they're scared to challenge them about what they really are. But that means they're just as dangerous and bad. And that's why I think most governments are like this. It's not about we're U.S. bad guy and anybody else good guy. It's about all of them trying to subjugate you and you being intelligent enough to see that they're trying to do that from different angles. While the the term torture has a variety of definitions and cultural contexts, this article addresses only those practices qualifying as torture under the definition of that term articulated in the codified law and case law of the United States. This is the Human Rights Measurement Initiative gives the U.S. a score of 3.6 out of 10 for the right to freedom from torture and ill treatment. So understand, think about that. Now, that's a failing grade, okay? The U.S. government absolutely tortures and conducts, and, and I guess what, puts people in ill treatment, whatever that would ultimately mean. But that means they're breaking the law and do not care. Right to this point, guys, this is not a new thing. Here is the Human Rights Watch, Legacy of the Dark Side, and this goes right up until today. The cost of unlawful U.S. detentions and interrogations post-9-11. Now, most of it is reasonably following 2001, but just check out this part down here. This is just torture and the global war on terror. Now, even if it was just, let's say, 2001 to 2010, does that mean? why would you pretend that means that that's not what's happening today? Nothing has changed. They're still conducting the war on terror. They're still the same entities and the same power structures that are allowing this, turning a blind eye to this. In addition, the CIA subjected at least 39 of these men in regard to this one case we're talking about, but just hear this in a broad sense. 39 of the men to torture and ill treatment, because if they're doing it then, they're doing it, they're capable of doing it now. That is euphemistically referred to as enhanced interrogation techniques. That's called definitions, right? This is the same thing they do, whether it's COVID, Ukraine. They just simply alter the reality to meet what they want you to think is happening when they're still torturing. According to the Senate torture report, these included forcing the detained men to maintain powerful, painful stress positions for hours, emerging their heads in water to the point of near suffocation, waterboarding, denying them sleep for days, walling, slamming a detainee's head into into what's supposed to be a flexible wall, sensory deprivation, sexual assault, including rectal feeding, forcing pureed food into a detainee's anus, a procedure that has no nutritional or medical value, forced nudity and psychological abuse, including threats of rape and other violence against them and their family members. At least nine FBI agents were temporarily transferred to the CIA just to participate in the interrogations, according to information that became public in November 2021. Yeah, these guys aren't defending Nazis over there. Totally not. Totally not the same thing. Guys, this is literally the agency that we have discussed from 1948 forward that have maintained the building of a fascist entity. 2014 forward, we're on the ground holding the hands of these entities. The Azov movement is in existence across the entirety of the Ukrainian government because of the CIA and your tax dollars, of course, and their black book, you know, drug trafficking, human trafficking, drugs, uh, and, and, everything else they do that they make money as well, but it also comes for you. The bottom line is this is the group we're talking about. In 2000, November 2021, it became public that they actually went out of their way to bring other groups in just to participate in what they knew was 100% against the law. This is what we're dealing with. These are the people we're talking about. And this is what even the Human Rights Watch is saying, this is what they're at least capable of. And we're going to pretend that they're quibbling and balking about what they, what, I mean, the claims of rushing allegations of what are happening, they, just the allegation, they lose their minds. Oh my God, they put people in these areas, they deprive them of food, so says the Ukrainian government. Then we have literal verif- verifying documentation, people on the record saying that they were raped and tortured and beaten, and they go, fake news, don't care. Do we think they care at all, is the question? Or do they only care about aiming these things at people that they don't like, people that are supposed to be the bad guy? or doing it themselves when they consider them the same. Then we can get into discussion of whether Ukraine is, you know, giving them the rights that they're supposed to be afforded or just shooting and executing people that they work think work with Russia or in fact literal Russian soldiers that they capture, both of which are 100% happening. They are executing bloggers, executing people that are even remotely seen as sympathetic to Russia, on top of that executing and taking out Russian soldiers who are supposed to be afforded POW status. All of that is happening. Even the government on the, even the entities in this government, even people in the corporate media have let that squeak out in certain ways. And nobody cares because Russia bad guy. Let's continue. The CIA also tortured opponents of then Libyan leader Gaddafi. 
who don't forget was the leader of the country that had the highest quality of life of every every uh, nation in Africa. Free education, free health care. This country was not what they made it out to be. Now it's an absolute destroyed, despotic, chaotic nation that at least at some points, and I, I haven't followed whether it's still happening, but after their liberation was openly selling slaves of the very people they claimed that they were liberating. Right. So Clinton and the U.S. government are, and Obama are liberating Libyans. And the moment they leave, they're sold as o- on an open slave market by the very people they funded and armed to fight the people who were not actually the bad guys, just like you did in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria and everywhere else you're talking about. And right now in Ukraine. But let's pretend like it's Russia bad guy. Now, that does not mean Russia's not capable of it and hasn't done their own bad things. Baby spoon feed this in, guys. The reality is just simply that your government is not what they say they are. They're not conducting things for freedom. They're not rescuing people. They're not conducting, they're not saving civilian lives. Just because you say that doesn't then mean Russia is, right? I don't know why that dynamic is in the world today, but that's what we have to always fight against. Clinton's a bad person. Oh, so you like Trump? (laughs) We all went through that. No, no, neither. I think they're both dumb and people's head explodes. But it says, Sending them back to Libya where they were abused anew, according to accounts from former detainees and documents from the CIA and the United Kingdom Secret Intelligence Service, MI6. They also kidnapped an Egyptian cleric and sent him to Cairo, where he alleges he was repeatedly tortured and raped. You could keep reading if you'd like, but it gets pretty gruesome. The bottom line is this is your government, guys, and this is what they're still doing and they're still capable of. And I guess it doesn't matter as long as they scream the word freedom. Oh, by the way, somebody who was literally, and I mean quite literally involved in exactly what we just read, because this is exactly the time frame where he was in charge. Guess what? Mr. Torture himself, George W. Bush, had a nice, loving conversation with Zelensky the other day. He says, quote, I was honored to spend a few minutes talking with Zelensky, the Winston Churchill of our time, because he knows his talking points. You know, this morning, I thank the president for his leadership. And by the way, Churchill is not somebody you should even fuck. Anyway, he, his example Uh, President, for his leadership, his example, and his commitment to liberty. And I saluted the courage for the Ukrainian people, right? Because he's all about liberty and democracy, right? As he's allowing people to be openly executed in front of him. These people are not what they seem. This guy is a TV actor who was put in place by people in power. And the the very entities, the Azov Battalion, Azov Movement level people, do not care what he says. They don't respect him. They don't agree with him. They laughed at him when he tried to tell them to stand down right in the beginning when this first started. It's the same way now. They know who pays their checks or writes their checks and signs the checks. And even the C-14 group that we've already talked about has openly said that. Oh, by the way, Babylon B on their own account here listed something to ask a question. They posted, who is the biggest purveyor of disinformation? This was 24 hours ago. They asked Republicans, Russia, Twitter, now that Elon Musk owns it, anti-vaxxers, the United States government. Well, let's take a look at what they chose. I I haven't checked it since I last looked at it. Let's say the U.S. government. Let's see what happens. Ooh, look at that. Well, what do you know? Now, obviously, the Babylon Bee has a sort of a specific audience, but I wouldn't argue it's necessarily left or right. That's what they would like to frame it as because they make fun of both. I've seen them them rip apart both Republicans and Democrats for their ridiculous, their their two-party illusionist nature, but... Look at what that shows you guys. This is on this is on YouTube. This is not a, a gab or a parlor. This is on YouTube. Now, wouldn't you argue that people that are tapped into this, the, the, w- wouldn't Russia be the thing you would think most people would say? Or Republicans or whatever. The, that's the thing they're screaming. But yet, 90% of people on the podcast, 90% of people who took part in this with 68,000 votes said the U.S. government is the number one purveyor of disinformation because that's what most people think. This is the reality squeaking through the crack in the door when they're screaming that nobody understands and you're all wrong and everybody believes us when the vast majority, maybe 90% of people are standing there going, yeah, right. They may not realize they're the majority, but they do not think the U.S. government is telling them the truth. It's time to wake up and realize that you are the majority. And the kind of misinformation and, I mean, dangerous misinformation and and propaganda that they're they're shoving down people's throats are exactly why they think that. Things like this. Wall Street Journal opinion from April 27th. The U.S. should show it can win a nuclear war. Right. Let's, let's bluster and show them that we're stronger. So it's almost like the very thing they frame Russia as, or rather the Soviet Union with their big stance on not showing weakness. And that's what they are today. 
They're a big, sullen child who is stomping their feet going, we're stronger than you. And they do it in really clumsy ways. Trump was very clear about that. Now, is Russia doing some things like that? Maybe, possibly, but it seems like he's much more reserved and better at politicking than the rest of the U.S. government. And that's just my opinion. It doesn't mean he's a good person or doing good things, but he's sure as hell working circles around them with their narratives. Why in the world would you argue that we should show it? You don't, if, if anybody that needs to show they can do something probably can't do it. That's the truth. What's that phrase? Walk softly and carry a big stick. You don't need to show them you have a stick, right? It's the idea that you just, it's the, it's the idea. We have the weaponry, so it's pretty damn obvious that they can be used. This is about propaganda. This is about creating the situation that drives the conflict that they need. Just recognize, based on what we just read, who these people are and what they're actually trying to accomplish. Now, bringing this over into the numbers, which are absolutely it's flooring. I mean, I, I can't believe this is even being posted anymore. This is Canada COVID-19 Regional Surveillance Dashboard, the British Columbia Center for Disease Control, essentially the CDC in British Columbia. Now, you can go through a lot of stuff, and I'm probably going to go through this more in depth. This is, this is kind of a quickly put together show for the most part, things that I've already had building, plus this new one from today. But there's a lot more information here that I'm going to dive through. Just look at the overview. This was from the tweet that he sent me, so thank you for that, shouting him out. COVID-19 health outcomes by vaccination status. Which, by the way, Scotland, UK, I don't think the CDC's ever given you that. They hide this from you now. You can only find this in very select places, but guess what you always see? The exact same correlation. And it is a correlation. There's certainly other things that could be involved here. But you know what we don't know for sure? Because they don't care to look into it. All they say is safe and effective. It's safe and effective. Oh, those numbers? Those mean safe and effective. Okay. Well, let's look at those numbers. Vaccinations. First of all, as you can see, gray is unvaccinated, which means nothing. Then they break it down, not by fully versus up to date or all these garbage manipulative terms that are meant to confuse people. They break it down by one dose, two dose, three dose. Okay. So one dose, pink. Two dose, purple. Three dose, maroon, dark, darker purple. Now, just vaccinations, you can see that 51% of people are boosted, three doses. 32% of people have got two. 3.5 have one. And only 14% of people are unvaccinated. So, you would argue that it's you could make the, like, let's give you their things first. So, first of all, they're going to say, well, of course you're going to see an overrepresentation because that's the majority. Okay, fine. I'll even give them that. And that's a fair thing to say. It is. But you know, and I know, that that never applied to hospitalizations and deaths. It would make no sense. Okay, if let's just say 76% of people are full are injected. You know that does not mean that it would make sense that 76% of the deaths would be in those injections. That's an overrepresentation. What they meant when they said that is that you're going to see a higher representation like a 4 or 5% representation. That's more than you would normally see only because there's a majority of them. If these things are supposed to stop hospitalization and death, there's no way it would make sense that that many people are actually dying that are injected. Now, then you could add on, well, we don't know. They could have died from other things. Of course, those are the things they don't include when you're doing the same thing, but before the injection. They're just sweeping up everything. Did they stub their toe and, and knock their head on the wall and they had a COVID and they had a test a week ago? Oh, COVID, it's COVID. Right? Oh, do they go with a broken leg and get a PCR test and never get sick? COVID hospitalization. You know they're doing that. They've admitted that. But on the other side of it, they're weeding out everything they can. The bottom line is that every one of these representations expose the reality that this is not working. Cases, first of all, with all the things that they say, you could maybe make an argument that the case representation could be like that, right? Because cases are small. People can have a small, even we, especially because of the, the manipulative way they push this. Well, it's not going to stop transmission. Well, then it doesn't work, first of all. But then they go, but it reduces hospitalization to death, which is great to say because how much? <laughs> half a percent? That would still be a fair statement. If it was half a percent, you could say it reduces it. That's why they don't tell you anymore. And that's why they use relative risk reduction instead of absolute risk reduction because they can say it reduces it if it reduces it by a fraction and even then i really don't think that's happening personally but you could argue cases might be overrepresented because most people are vaccinated that might even be a fair statement and i'm going out of my way to give to be as fair as possible so it's 66 percent, 66 percent of all cases and by the way this is only april 3rd april 30th 
But this this is the same exact thing we've been seeing for at least six months from Scotland, the UK, and every single time I've shown you. 66% of cases boosted. 19% of cases, two doses. 1.8 people who are with one dose. Only 13% of cases in this area are people with no injections. Now, to me, that doesn't make sense when you see the exact representation. I mean, if there's only 14% of people unvaccinated and only 14% of people are cases, that doesn't really make sense. Just because it shouldn't be exact carryover. But that, that's the small point. Nonetheless, you could argue, okay, fine, cases. But then you go to hospitalizations. Now, realize that is more of a manipulation because critical care is what we should really be looking at. Because remember, people will go in for a litany of reasons and just get a, and they were doing PCR tests by routine. If you stepped in the door, you had to get a PCR test. That was how we got the illusion. So then they test them, they get a false positive and they say, oh, there's hospitalization. But even then, even then, 63% of all people that were COVID and in the hospital, however that worked out during April 3rd, April 30th, were people with all their booster shots. How is that supposed to make sense? How is it supposed to be an overrepresentation? But going to critical care, 57% of all the people in critical care are people with three doses. Well, you can look all said and done, which is the real way to put it. And I only do this with critical care and death because that's where it's most important. Is you're looking at, what is that? 73%. 73% of all the critical care. You know what that correlates with, by the way? In another, lo- in another Canadian location? Ontario. Which, by the way, has had, and look, I mean, actually went down quite a bit, interestingly enough, but still is way overrepresented in the injected cases. Just shy of 75% of all the people, and it's been that way pretty consistently for months, in Ontario, in the ICU, are people with injections in their body. Well, well over 50%. We're talking, what is that, 60, 70%, 65 maybe, of all the ICU are people with all their injections. And then, by the way, also to point out that they list as unvaccinated, <clears throat> not fully. So they deceivingly include people with injections in their body in the not in the unvaccinated category. And they just lie to you and say unvaccinated, even though it actually says not fully, which, by the way, is what this is supposed to be, because it's the same thing. You'll even see the same definitions used in both cases. So what's the difference between partially and not fully? It's an illusion. It's a manipulation. It allows them to ebb and flow back and forth to get it to. And even with the manipulations, we still see that. So my point is, guys, you're being deceived and they're just they're watching this thing burn down in front of them. They're going, oh, that looks safe and effective to me. 57 percent, in fact, 73 percent. All critical care. Then we go over to death. This is the most important part because this is really what it comes down to, right? If people don't ultimately die and we're not including the hypothetical boogie monster of long COVID, then it's then it's not. I mean, it's hard to put that in people. It's ultimately about the death. That's the lasting repercussion. Critical care and you recover and you're fine. Well, it's not sought after, but it's the death is what we care about, right? Right there, you're looking at the percentage of 76 only boosted, only. Right. If for, if only 14 percent of people are uninjected, how would you argue that 93 percent of all the deaths are people with injections in their body? And let alone, not just that aside, 76% of the 93% are fully or with three doses. Guys, this is unequivocal. There is literally no way you can look at this information and walk away thinking this makes sense. This shows you that people who have injections are wildly overcompensated in every single category. That's not working. Then you can add on everything else we've covered and realize that there's a hell of a lot more happening here. Maybe they don't die. But they get blood clots. They have heart attacks. They have tremors and Bell's palsy and seizures and on and on and on. That list of things that I forgot to play at the show yesterday. Actually, I'm realizing I'm taking too much time. So very clearly, unequivocally, these aren't working. This is the pandemic of the injected that is undeniable. Look at the breakdown of the graphs. Just look at that, guys. That is, I mean, I don't even understand how anybody is actually believing this anymore with their own posted documentation exposing this. Now, on top of that, we have the counter signal that just put out another discussion. And it's the same point. You can, you can check this stuff for yourself. He even has it on the archive because you know they're going to mess with this. Okay. 99.6% of COVID deaths in all of Canada just between April and the, the, the week of April 10th, April 17th were 
injected people. Now, he's focusing on that week because it's 99.6. But understand, you could broaden back and look at all of April, and you're still going to see a wildly overcompensated number. This is not just not working. This is hurting people. That's what you need to see. Because recognize, guys, I'm not implying that COVID is hurting these people. Just so you're clear. I'm not saying, oh, it doesn't work, and that's why they're all dying. Because if I was saying that, well, then it would rightly also hurt the people unvaccinated, right? It's not what's happening. Well, there's a lot in that. We could talk about pre-existing immunity, and you know I have. But my point is that this is hurting people. It's just no longer, it's impossible to hide. Then you see the way that they continue to hide it, because people will just follow what they're told. Here is the V-safe, their compilation of vaccine safety reporting, which they claim that they look at, right? Because we know how well they investigate theirs, right? At all? Do they even care about it? No, they don't, in fact. What they say is it's unverifiable which means they don't look at it. They pretend they do. Remember when that happened in the beginning when they kept pretending like we're investigating every one of those? Are we really now pretending they're investigating these 30,000 reports they pretend aren't real? You know that's not true. They've in fact admitted that's not true. They don't have the resources. They're not even capable of doing that. It would take them years to do that. And they know that. I've proven this on my show. And yet, even as we know they haven't fully investigated all these, and they've been caught lying about people like Daguerre and her stomach ache that was, and she's still in a wheelchair to this day eating through a tube. That's what they're doing. Here's what it says under their V-Safe post. This is today. The United States currently has the safest vaccine supply in its history. Look at that. In its history of all vaccination, which is not even what this is, but yeah, maybe that's what their lie is. In its history, the nation's longstanding vaccine safety system. Oh, you mean Bayer's? ensures that vaccines are as safe as possible. They're even using VAERS when they want to. So they're pointing at their, oh, yeah, our, our long-standing system is how we know. And then when you ask them about all the numbers, oh, it's unverifiable. You can't even look at it. That's called speaking at both sides of your mouth. They're lying about everything all the time. You can't pretend VAERS is unverifiable and then pretend that that's how you're using it everyone to make sure everyone's safe. These guys are lost. I mean, I don't even know if they... I don't see how they can't see that they're exposing themselves and there's nowhere left to go. Now, obviously, there are other little aspects of this, but the VAERS system is the predominant location where this goes, and they know that. This is ridiculous. Now, here's the point. Safest in history? Look, even if you deny everything that we're saying, everything we're saying, they've admitted lots of side effects. They have, and you know that. They've admitted all these things. Super, super, super rare. But they even just stopped Johnson & Johnson for blood clots, for crying out loud, guys. And yet we're pretending right now is the safest ever? You know, that's that's not even true with what they've admitted. If you just take what they've admitted, that's more dangerous than, than historical discussions. But they just don't care because the narrative is we're safe and safe and effective and it's all safe and effective. So you're safe and effective and he's safe and effective and everything's safe and effective. Let's have a safe and effective party. Ignoring the information. They treat you like you're a child. I know you guys know that. But, oh, by the way, here's the here's the Vayers report that they say proves that it's safe and effective, just in case you wanted to see it. It's just like that other thing we just showed you, by the way. This is their report, most recent. Here's what it says at the bottom. When you can just have a quick little glance at all the uh, problems, you know, the the adverse events to monitor, which, by the way, means that they're happening. Just understand that. This is not hypothetical. If they're monitoring them, they're happening, okay? I'm just going to skim it again for the podcast. It's all in, in alphabetical order, and it, it's disgusting. Autoimmune disorders, just a listing of them. from We're just in the A's, just the A's, B's, C's, all these issues. These are all issues that they know are happening. And just, you know, stop and look at one of them. Rheumatoid lung, rheumatoid nodule, retinal vasculitis, whatever that is. Reuters, I mean, I even heard them report these things. If you believe there's informed consent, and yet you don't know these things are possible, then you're not having informed consent, period. Because they're supposed to have, the, you're supposed to be given this. They're supposed to be advised of what it can cause. Neurological, I mean, I don't even know what half these things are. Fibrosis and, and myasthetic syndrome. All of, they're admitting these things, guys. Just look at how far this goes. Makes me sick. And yet they're pretending it's all safe and effective because of this very system that they then dismiss. Here's the, econ the economist saying digital disinformation is destroying society. Well, I actually agree with that. It's just not coming from the people that they're pretending it is. But we can fight back. So what they're basically saying is the people that are spreading disinformation that's destroying society, the people that are spreading disinformation that is destroying society will be fighting the people that are trying to expose it. That's what they're saying.
whether they realize it or not. New laws can improve the integrity of information on the web. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with the integrity of information on the web. Some of it can be false. People can just be incorrect. That does exist, you understand, the economist. People can't just say things they believe in, but actually turn out to be wrong. The media does it every damn day, right? But so the integrity of information. So all they're really admitting to is we are going to cultivate what you're allowed to see online. And we're going to tell you it's because of the integrity of information. Of course, the way it starts, whenever Donald Trump would boast about his social media popularity, exactly. Of course, it centers right there. Now, this is not a new article. I just want to make sure we see this reality of how they're continuing to tell you what they're going to do. This was 2020, guys. And this is the point. Here is the disinformation that we're talking about. This is exactly what we're talking about. Post misrepresents outdated UK documents on COVID-19 vaccines. Claim a document shows that Pfizer currently recommends against receiving COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy and while breastfeeding. Well, I don't even know when they've ever done that. First, I've never even seen them go, no, you maybe you should wait. They were pushing this right in the gate, but whatever. Their point is their assessment, false. The document was published by UK health officials in late 2020 upon first authorization of the shot when the vaccine rollout was still in its earliest stages. The same document has been since revised in line with current recommendations that say the vaccine is safe and recommended for both groups. That's a lie. You're, they're pretending right now that they say it's safe and effective. They're saying that in the media. They're yelling that out when talking points. I'll show you, as I've done a thousand times, the most recent documentation that says we don't know. We don't know if it's safe. But here's their fact check. Apparently, they missed that fact in their checking. These are opinion checks, as we know. The same document has been revised, and it says the current recommendation says that it's safe and effective. The facts. Of course, social media users are misrepresenting an outdated document about the, the vaccines and, and to falsely suggest it shows that the shot isn't recommended for women. Down here, it says, and I look, I'll show you their archived versions and the new ones. The current version of the document say animal studies do not indicate direct or indirect harmful effects with respect to pregnancy, which, by the way, doesn't even say what they say they're saying. That doesn't say that it's safe in effect. It doesn't say that they recommend it. It simply says, with respect to breastfeeding, the document says, it is unknown whether COVID mRNA vaccines excreted in human milk. Great. So you're saying that it's fake news, that it was told not to be recommended, but then years of, we're going, here's a part where they say, studies suggest that it, we don't, that it, would not, it doesn't indicate negative effects. That's the best they can do. That's acceptable to you to give this to people when you doesn't indicate that there's not, for that make God, it makes my it makes my stomach clench. It's gross. Okay, let's start with the oldest one. Here is the one from September, and here's what it said: the safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known. Actually, wait, I might have these backwards. To make sure I don't. In any case, it's the same thing. Here, I'll just do this. Yeah, so this is the one. This is the newest one. In fact, so hold on. Well, in any case, I'll go backward then. So here's what it says today. This is the most current report, and you can see right there. So why are they referencing the newest report from the end of 2021 when I'm staring at one from February 2022? And this has been out since February, right? This article was written in May. So you're, are we really pretending the Associated Press fact checkers just didn't find this one? Well, that either means they're the, the last people we should be trusting with fact checking, or not we're trusting them anyway, the people that are supposed to be fact-checking can't even find all the documentation, that's pretty embarrassing. Or they're lying to you for an agenda. It's probably both. But just recognize how stupid that is. Here's the latest document from 2021. That's what it says. Where is it right here? The Anyway, I don't want to, I just, I don't want to show it again. But the point is, that's what it says. They don't know if it's safe, right? We don't know. The safety profile is not known. Oh, that's the wrong one. The safety profile is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. That's the newest update, right? Here's the older one. This is from September 2021. That's even the time they're pointing at. Here's what it says. And this is under pregnancy and breastfeeding. Same point. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known. So all they really did is go not fully known, which still means we don't know. That's all they did is they just get, made it look like a little more ambiguous. The bottom line is they didn't include them in the big study and they don't know. They simply do not know, and they're pushing it on them anyway. Doing fact checks about how it's not safe. Yes, it's unsafe. They don't know. Here's the next one. This one was from, uh, let's see, this is a different document saying the same thing. Oh, oh, this is the archive versions they were pointing at. Okay, so by the way, here's what's funny. This one down here doesn't even have a date. 
You won't find a date on anything on this. But you can see over here that the Wayback Machine is December 8, 2020. But why would they remove the date or why wouldn't they put it? I think there's a reason for that. Anyway, the point is, here's what it says. There are no or limited amount of data on the use of these injections in pregnancy. Animal reproductive toxicity, toxicity studies have not been completed. 2020. Okay. And it's literally telling you this is not safe. We don't know. If you don't know, that means it's not safe. Let's be clear about that. That we don't know is it's not safe. Of course, it means it's not safe if we don't know what will happen to them. I mean, come on. That's a no brainer for pregnant women, especially. But it says it's unknown whether the vaccine is excreting human milk. Okay. That's what they're pointing at. Let's go forward. Here's the next one. This is the one that, as we're getting closer to the newer one, still an older one, says the same thing. Pregnancy. There is limited experience with the use of the vaccine in pregnant women. I love that they just change the way they say it. Basically, says the same thing. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. They never like to say that. Animal studies do not indicate direct or indirect harmful effects. <laughs> yes, makes me sick. This is what they think is acceptable. This one still says December 2020. Isn't that weird? Here's the one they want to point at, which is the ultimate point. This is the newest document they say they're pointing at, even though the one I just showed you is very clearly from uh, further ahead of this, of this point. But here's their point. There is limited experience with the use of this vaccine in pregnant women. I'm not even making this up. That is what they link to. This is exactly what is being linked to from this damn document. Is this should? I mean, look, this is the current version. This is what they're showing you. And this one says December 2021. So they're even, are, are they lying to you about the information? Look. Here, let me do this. Just so you could see that it's the same. Right? December. So they're misquoting the date. So apparently they don't even know when it came out. But it still says we don't know. They're saying we don't know if it's safe. And they use that link to say we know it's safe. I mean, this is literally 1984, guys. This is incredible. And we get censored for simply acknowledging what is very clearly written down in the, what's supposed to be the standing documentation, right? I still argue we shouldn't blindly trust what they're writing down. It's still coming from Pfizer, but nonetheless, it's their documentation and they don't even point at it or rather they misrepresent what it says. God, it's just incredible to me where we are. Bottom line is they're pushing this on pregnant women for women breastfeeding in general fertility, which by the way, did show harmful effects. They just don't, the numbers were below a representative number. So they said, we don't have to tell people. It said it right in their own document An almost 10% decrease in fertility in the rats they tested. And because it wasn't 25%, it said right there, we don't feel like it's, if it's not below 25%, it's not reportable. And then they just go, no indirect or indirect harms. Lies. Now, as we're watching Johnson and Johnson admit the very thing that we got censored for blood clots. I found this clip pretty interesting. Check this out. Here's Donald Trump at a recent rally who strangely brings up the Johnson and Johnson owners on the stage. As many of their own followers have said, he's almost trolling his own audience. Bottom line though, is that the audience doesn't like it. You almost hear a couple boos in the beginning, but you get no cheering, but wait for the last part where she comes from. Not that it's necessarily hugely relevant, but I kind of find it interesting. This are some friends of mine. They wanted to say, I said, don't come tonight. Let's go another time. It's pouring. Woody Johnson, a great gentleman. You ever hear of Johnson and Johnson? He owns the place. I tell you what, this guy's got cash. Like nobody's got cash. And what does that even mean? Like just creepy and, and low brow. You know what I mean? Like, yay, he's got money. So let's cheer for him. It's weird. Johnson and Johnson, his incredible wife, Suzanne Johnson, whose family is very, very close, and she comes from Ukraine, so she's uh, she has a little bit of a hard time with it, but she's an incredible woman. Another incredible woman is Summers Marcus, a person respected by everybody in New York. That's a little interesting, isn't it? I also find it pretty telling that his audience is clearly not feeling that. They didn't cheer once. I mean, not even any comments. It was dead silence. So I, I you know, I really think, I, I, I would argue that you're going to get the Q crowd that's kind of probably going to 
rope this in and be like, he's about to, he's going to expose the team, the Johnson and Johnson, you know, whatever they do with no evidence, somehow this is going to be him. He's in signaling and he's going to expose them for their, uh, who knows? I'm just, I'm being joking. I mean, I'm not really, I don't know that's the case, but that seems to be the case. What always happens instead of acknowledge what he is or that he is a part of it, or he's an insider, they find a way to make it make sense. Now to wrap this up, I only have a few minutes before I have to get going guys. I want to give a couple points here at the end. This is interesting to me. Pfizer's now basically is how Pfizer's responding to the crisis in Ukraine. I don't actually know if this might even be from the beginning of the so-called, you know, what's going on in Ukraine, but they're telling you, bearing in mind the exception of medicines, which is not an exception, they block medicines to Iran, to Yemen, and they just pretend they don't. It's a blatant misrepresentation, but they're going to say, but we're going to, because medicines make it through, we're going to continue conducting, basically sending vaccines to Russia. And also other things, cancer or whatever else. But they say it would cause significant suffering and potential loss of life, particularly among children and older people. Well, so too does everything else you're doing. The sanctions, not Pfizer, but the government sanctions and everything else. So that's pretty disingenuous. But it says Pfizer will donate all the profits from the sales of these things to help Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? So you can almost see it as them hurting the Russian population and taking that money and giving it to the Ukrainians. Either way, they're dumping, how much is that? Billions of dollars, it must be, or millions at the very least. So not only is Biden docking $47 billion, you got Pfizer dumping their profits from Russia into Ukraine. This is crazy what's going on in Ukraine. And it is seemingly, give, I mean, this is meant to be endless. It's a lot of money flying in that direction. But the point is, here's what it says. Pfizer will maintain humanitarian supply of medicines to Russia and donate all proceeds directly to the support of the Ukrainian people, which is not going to Ukrainian people. They're not getting anything from this. It's going to Zelensky and the oligarchs there that are trickling this down for drugs and control and assassinations and whatever else they're doing and all the Mercedes they're all driving. I mean, this it's all this stuff's been pointed out by plenty of other people. But bringing this over to making sure you see that not only that's happening, Biden is announcing another aid package. Yeah, that's not a joke. Another aid package to provide, quote, additional artillery, munitions, radars, and other equipment. Yeah, this is U.S. government fighting the war on the ground. They're paying for everything. They're giving them everything. They're literally conducting the information war for them. This is absolutely a U.S. proxy war against Russia, 100%. There's no denying that. But that's been clear from the beginning. But I'm just saying this is coming aggressively out of your pocket. Nobody, not even his own supporters, want this. So this is crazy. Quote, with today's announcement, my administration has nearly exhausted funding that can be used to send, yeah, security assistance which means you're starving, you can't get gas, your prices are high because we're dumping everything into this because this is everything to them. This is an end game scenario for whatever reason. All of this, COVID, all of it's coming together, guys, and it's pushing aggressively fast. Now, this is what I said earlier, which I think is hilarious. The very thing they're pretending is fake news. Here's ABC, NBC News. German TV shows Nazi symbols on the helmets of Ukrainian soldiers. Just like you're seeing today, they pretend aren't there. Okay, this was 2014, but yes, this was after, this was once the U.S. government was in control, which it was, the point is, it's their entity they've been building long before 2014, but realize why this was being, or why now it's supposed to not be acceptable. Here's the funny part. Garland Nixon reached out and said he's suspended from Facebook for 30 days for sharing an NBC article. Do we not realize how ridiculous that is? I mean, this is what Corbett and I have talked about. They have literally broken themselves to censor us because right now their algorithms are censoring this stuff because they think we're supposed to be hiding that. But NBC was saying it before. This is like they're censoring the Time Magazine article while Time Magazine is saying the opposite because they're hiding it. This is what they're hiding. It says in a ZDF report on the fragile ceasefire in, in eastern Ukraine, images were shown of soldiers wearing combat helmets with swastikas. Simply pointing that out, even with corporate media, is being censored. I've never seen this more obvious in my life. Now, here are a few people I'll finish with today. We'll go the uh, World Economic Forum direction later, but I wanted you to hear these people. This is important to hear what is being reported. These are Ukrainian soldiers, or at least some of them, who are coming out and reporting to you what's actually happening. Now, here are some of these Ukrainian soldiers that are, now, fair point, just like we saw with Russia, because somebody has a Nazi tattoo does not therefore mean everybody in the Ukrainian military is that is like that. But this, alongside the evidence that everybody is like that, makes it pretty clear. Or the fact that there, I shouldn't say everybody, I'm being facetious, but that there are movements and multiple neo-Nazi groups and multiple neo-Nazi political parties and multiple Nazi individuals that are literally tied back to Nazi war criminals. I mean, guys, it's unbelievably obvious. 
That's why I keep making the joke about Time Magazine and other people that like at the end of 2021, we're discussing the Azov movement, their international reach, and they're influencing America. And then 30 seconds later, it was, oh, they went away in 2016. Yeah, you conspiracy theorists. That's how dumb this is. But the point is, First off, just you can see this is a portrait of Hitler and swastika and fascist shoulder straps. Such tattoos are found on the detainees from Ukraine. These are Ukrainian these are Ukrainian detainees with all the same symbols. Take it for what you will. But as it says, here's somebody in this clip I'll play for you. I'm not ready to give my life for the stubbornness of my government. There's a Ukrainian soldier surrendered who's speaking about arms deliveries from the West and Nazi battalions. Let's take a listen to that. Our unit was sent to Severodonetsk of the Lugansk region. 300 men were accommodated in our barracks. The unit was armed with the Corsair ATGMs and LOS, AJS anti-personnel grenade launchers, RPG and machine guns. Also, I saw three Javelin ATGMs. Later, our unit was redeployed to the Donetsk region. When we arrived at the military camp, there were six border guards. They told us that before our arrival, units of the right sector were stationed in the camp. But they fled. Right sector being an openly neo-Nazi group with neo-Nazi symbolism in their, in their you know, insignias and everything else. They are openly neo-Nazi. Sometime later, I met Russian soldiers. The first thing I thought about was that I would be shot or stabbed. There was only one thought in my head. My death has come. They approached, I raised my hands. I took off my bulletproof vest at their request. Then they took me to the village. Everything ended fine. I was surprised at how they treated prisoners of war here. I was ready to die. That's because that's because in Ukraine they're literally told they're not they are not they're not supposed to take soldiers uh, prisoners, which by the way is a war crime. It's a violation of the Geneva Conventions. But that's but that's why he's saying that. I'll show you that clip next, where somebody else tells you that they don't take prisoners; they shoot them. Yeah, and the part the point is because of all the aggressive radicalization narratives, the people that are supposed to be fight are literally defending that Ukraine's a democracy are the ones going, well, yeah, Russia bad guy, and so that's okay. What else are you supposed to do when they're carrying out false flags and well, whatever we were told to say by the media? So you're now okay that they're committing war crimes as long as the right side does them? Yeah, maybe you should reflect on that. But the Russians treated me very humanely. As for Ukrainian command, they act heartlessly with their people. We were thrown into the trenches just like cannon fodder. I conclude that the armed forces of Ukraine don't value their people. See, so if this is true, and this guy is genuine, what this shows you is that not everybody in these groups are aware that this is completely overtaken by the same things. Like they see them, they see that, but, you know, being there, he's recognizing that they're just mean, they're fodder, like he said, just like it isn't, just like it is for the U.S. military guys. But he does not strike me, but maybe he's lying, right? As somebody who is invested in the ideology, but maybe he's acting like that because he's caught, but who knows? The point should be taken that he just, it's not all ubiquitous. It's usually not ever like that. They only need us as human shield. I'm very discontent with our illogical military strategies. They only need us as human shield. I'm very discontent with our illogical military strategies. So are my comrades in arms. 
They promised on TV that the monetary allowance of the soldiers would be 100,000 thrimos. I've been serving for a month and a half, and I haven't seen a single soldier who got such a paycheck. Right, and you know, again, accuse them of that which you are guilty. Assuming this is correct, and it does line up with everything else we're hearing, Remember that narrative that came out that the Russians were only paying their troops this so small amount? It's just them getting ahead of the propaganda, guys. Now, that may be true. I didn't see any evidence to make that true. I don't know why Russia would do that. Certainly possible. But on this side of it, you've heard a lot of people say that. You've heard the, the, the U.S. soldier who admitted what was happening say that. And yet, all they do is go, Russia did that. And all the Western press goes, Russia doesn't pay their soldiers. Based on Ukraine says. It's, this is a straight up information war that has led to a real war. And it seems to me that none of soldiers will receive such sums. I'm not ready to give my life for the stubbornness of my government. I still have relatives, I have a wonderful wife for whom I want to live. Personally, I don't see any sense of this war. I call on the soldiers of the Ukrainian army to lay down their arms and resolve all issues peacefully. Delaying the resolution of issues is useless, as there will be even more deaths. What for? So, he says there were no confirmations of the order. She just had... Well, I think this might be the wrong one. Hold on. I've got two of them. Okay, here we go. Called to serve on the 26th of April. Not called. I was forced. This is a Ukrainian soldier who was forced to go... Oh, and don't forget, there. that's open, by the way. I think I even have an article up today. If you're between 18 and 64, I think, you're literally... It's illegal for you to leave the country of Ukraine. Now, I don't know if that's happening in Russia. It wouldn't surprise me. But just wh why isn't that being pointed out? So this is supposed to be a democracy and all about freedom, yet you're, it's not even a draft. You're, not even, you're literally unable to leave the country if you are a male between 18 20, and 64. This is what we're seeing right here. But, of course, fake news because they don't want to admit this is happening. He was forced to fight. Uh, the curse and blast. He says, I, I am aware of our drafted commander, Borsi, born on 13th April 2002. Gave the command to open fire on artillery shelling on a nursery, which, by the way, is being completely vindicated by Patrick's work, by Eva's work, by everyone coming out of these areas telling you that they watched them do this. They used their houses. They used them as human shields. They fired on schools and nurseries to blame Russia for the for the case. And the Western media happily obliges and says, Ukraine said Russia did this. Here was another example admitting it to you. They fired on a nursery. In which there were peaceful civilians in hiding. Of course, he didn't care about this. He knew there were civilian people there, but he said they could go. To, they they could be Russian soldiers also. Exactly. So even the thought they're Russian sympathizers, they don't matter. Nobody matters these people because they're not actually there to fight for Ukraine, guys. Which could be hiding with the civilians. What's more, I saw how the chief of our division shot a civilian lady and killed her. The reason was that she had or didn't have a white armband. The civilian's grandmother was just walking past the school because she probably lived somewhere nearby and I saw her on multiple occasions. There were no confirmations of the order. She just had a white armband. Exactly what I was just saying, right? If you even indicate it as a Russian sympathizer, you're going to be murdered on the spot, which we've seen, which, by the way, speaks volumes about the white bands with the hiding the hands of the people shot in Bucha. He took her to a school, and while I was firing, while I was at a firing point on the second floor, exactly, again, using schools, scouting, and when I got downstairs, I saw that she was lying next to the transformer box, dead. Two local guys came laid down later, turned it out, it was their grandmother. I would no longer like to take part in the murder of civilians, which is why I decided to surrender. 
The Russian soldiers um, surrender to the Russian soldiers. I don't see the point in fighting and spilling blood of my brothers. Did you get a Ukrainian uniform? Yes, I did. Why, did, why didn't you wear it? I didn't want to. I don't want to fight. I don't want anything to do with the Ukrainians. Our whole division is counterfeited and I don't want to fight. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, lastly, I think we had... Here, let me go back to this. So just to wrap up, I got to get going, guys. So there's a bunch more in here that we can look at, which I'll, sh- I'll share another day of more of these people telling you the same thing, right? Here's children telling you. Whenever, when everything flew at us, when they used us as human shields, it was scary. Who uses you as a shield? The Ukrainians, the Azovs. Seriously? Yes. It's right there. The Ukrainians, the Azovs. Children telling you this, right? Or the fact that you have them here telling you that they don't take them as POWs. Sure, you should question this, but it's everywhere, constantly. Last point, guys. Here's Patio Putin exposing Twitter. Conducted a little Twitter experiment while he was banned last week. He has another account called TweetTest69. He tweeted five statements. The only good British soldier is a dead British soldier. The only good Ukrainian soldier is a dead, a dead Ukrainian soldier. The only good Israeli soldier is a dead Israeli soldier. The only good American soldier is a dead American soldier. And finally, the only good Russian soldier is a dead Russian soldier. He tweeted all five of those things. Okay. Then he got his mate to report only one of them. The Russian tweet. A few days later, his account was locked. He had to verify the account and delete tweets to unlock it. But guess what? Guess which tweets he had to delete. The only tweet which was actually reported to Twitter support, the Russian one, was deemed acceptable. Twitter demanded that every other one of them be deleted. So it's okay to say Russian soldiers should be killed, but you can't say it about anybody else. Why does that make sense? It only makes sense when you realize there's a coordinated, manipulated propaganda campaign that's being waged on you right now. Now, you could, you, before this, and you could view the profile and it was still there, but he has an update because it's, uh, oh, and this says, for what it's worth, if Twitter demanded that all five statements be deleted, I have no issue. The fact only that the statement was acceptable is disgraceful. I have an issue with censorship anyway, but he updated on the other account, Tweet Test, where they came back later, and you can look through this and, and it's confirmed. You can see the timing of it. They only came back after Patty Putin exposed this and highlighted it and got a lot of attention for it. Right. I mean, look at look at the engagement. Right. Then they came back and said, oh, OK, delete that one, too. <laughs> Busted. These people are pathetic and it's obvious what's happening, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. I got to get rolling, but I appreciate the support, guys, and continue to share the information. This stuff has never been more clear, whether it's COVID-19 or Ukraine or whatever else is happening. You shouldn't be trusting the governments. The Ukrainian government, the Russian government, the Israeli government, the UK government, the France government, they're all trying to manipulate you for their own ends. The point is you should trust yourself, trust the community around you, and build it outward. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.